Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Samuel Leighton Dorr is a multidisciplinary artist and writer based on the Gold Coast. Sam writes for SBS Life and produces work spanning ceramics, LED neon, illustration, animation and painting. His book of illustrations, How to Be a Big Strong Man, was released in 2019. He performed this story at Brisbane Powerhouse. It's not that all men are pedophiles, my mum used to say. Just that, well, some of them are. My mum used to tell my sister and I that at least one man waiting around for school pickup didn't even have kids. They were the ones to watch out for, the ones without kids. Growing up, people would sometimes ask me why I was so comfortable around sexuality in the human body, and I would introduce them to my mum. Mum's a bit like Barbara Streisand's character in Meet the Fockers. (laughs) Only after being widowed and divorced and undergoing brain surgery for epilepsy. She'll wake you up in the morning with a bowl of muesli and a lengthy update on NDIS before segueing passionately into the inherent value of sex work. She'll put glad wrap over a half glass of cheap red wine, fasten it with a hair tie, (laughs) pop it in the fridge, and then spend two hours looking for her hair tie. (laughs) Thanks to Mum, my family had casual dinnertime conversations around consent and sexual assault well before I turned 10. And yet I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons until I turned 15. (laughs) That's Mum's logic for you. There is a reason for all this. Mum works as a relationships and sexuality counsellor. Her small business helps people on the spectrum of intellectual disability gain independence in their dating and sex lives. As a kid, I was kind of embarrassed by her work. When I told people that she was a sex therapist, they would often think I meant sex worker, and I was really too young to understand the difference, I would just nod. (laughs) As an adult, however, I've come to appreciate that mum's work was and still is incredibly important, and I guess I'm now so proud of it that I talk about it on stage to a room full of strangers. (laughs) Um, Mum has always loved her work. She loved it so much that she often brought it home with her, sitting me down to watch long-winded BBC documentaries on sex and reproduction, or letting me play with her growing collection of biologically accurate-ish sex education dolls, complete with their fleshy footy Frank Willies and bursting yoni flower vulvas. (laughs) With Mum, there was no awkward birds and the bees chat. Instead, the birds and bees formed an ever-present background noise, buzzing and chirping within earshot for as long as I can remember. During phone calls at home, she'd casually throw out lines like, oh, well, a vasectomy sounds like a good compromise. (laughs) Or, we thought it was cancer, but no, just one of her boobs sprouting out before the other. (laughs) Or, we just can't work out why Sam's foreskin keeps getting infected. Lovely to meet you all. (laughs) 
Um, alongside this already unfiltered approach to parenting, mum had epilepsy, which meant that as a kid, I'd sometimes have to fetch her a cold washcloth and hold her hand real tight while she lay on the floor. When she woke up, she'd forget things like where my dad was or why we were lying in the frozen food aisle of Woolies. All this to say, when mum left my dad 10 years ago and decided to throw herself into the world of circular dating, things were always going to get interesting. For those who aren't in the loop, circular dating refers to dating several people, at least three, all at the same time. I was involved in mum's circular dating from the start, spending an afternoon taking her profile photo for dating website eHarmony. <laughs> On dating websites, mum wasn't Liz anymore. She was Beth. <laughs> and Beth wasn't my mum. She was an unmissable vortex of independence and knowledge and self-worth. She was an expert at the game of love, a once-widowed, once-divorced tornado of knowing exactly what she wanted and going for it, no holds barred. When one boyfriend showed the first sign of jealousy, dumped. <laughs> when another was rude to restaurant waitstaff, dumped. Was that a hint of homophobia? Dumped. Liberal voter, dumped. <laughs> you don't like Dara Lee dark chocolate licorice bullets? <laughs> dumped. Most famous of her failed lovers, however, was the man involved in what my family now refers to as the Christmas incident. Mum broke up with this man after roughly nine months together. The following year, on Christmas morning, he dressed up as Santa Claus and rode his son's skateboard from Sydney's Inner West to my grandparents' house in Coogee. <laughs> now, my grandparents are good Christian people. My, my grandmother used to be a literal nun. They would never turn away a stranger in need, let alone my mum's ex-boyfriend reeking of booze and dressed up as Santa Claus. <laughs> Once inside, mum's ex-boyfriend lit a cigarette on my grandparents' gas stovetop and started throwing cricket balls wrapped up as Christmas presents towards my six little cousins who had congregated excitedly around Santa Claus. <laughs> a cricket ball to the head, oof. A cricket ball to the knee, ow! A cricket ball bouncing across the keys of Nana's childhood piano. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Being good Christian people, my grandparents said nothing. They just stood there, hovering uncomfortably. That's when he started to sing. Christmas carols in German. <laughs> now, because my nana speaks six languages and, again, was a good Christian woman, she started to sing along. Coughing only occasionally as the smoke from Santa's Winnie Blue started curling around her face. There they stood, Nana, Pop, my six little cousins and Mum's ex-boyfriend, singing Christmas carols in German. <clears throat> Stille Nacht, heilige Nacht, alles schlaft, einsam wacht. Oh, the night. 
Following the song, he turned around and left the apartment. As if nothing had ever happened. He and Mum have literally never spoken about it. Thankfully, Mum's circular dating eventually led her to a healthy long-term relationship. And while we have different views on sex and monogamy, I still credit her with prying my young mind open to the shamelessness of sexual expression, desire, and clear communication. But let me be clear, there were a few small sacrifices that came with an open mind. I was never indulged in childhood stories about big white storks dropping newborn babies down chimneys. I was teased for using the word penis instead of willy and for speaking so openly, so sensitively about my infected foreskin. <laughs> I never had the chance to be naive. I knew that semen wasn't just another word for sailors. I knew that mummy and daddy weren't just wrestling under those sheets. I knew these things because mum told me. That's why when people question my interest in or comfort around sex, I introduce them to my mum. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, share your favourite stories on socials and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. You can also follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. If you enjoy Queer Stories, consider signing up to my Patreon. The link's in the podcast description. Stay safe.